Welcome to Questions We're Afraid to Ask. So speaking of politics and death if you lose, I have a question. This is an interesting question because you and I have known each other for a long time. And for a long time, you've thought some of my ideas on where the government was going to go or where people where, – where there are people who wanted the government to go, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, you thought I was crazy. You thought I was just nuts and I was crazy and I was too conspiracy theorist or whatever. So the question is, should an executive, the president or a governor, have the ability to just suspend constitutional rights – for any reason, or more specifically, the new one they seem to be doing is public health. Should yeah. just just by written fiat, executive order, this is now gone, right? Well, so they, they've already done it. It happened yes. during COVID. Um, you know, and, to, a and point, just the, to a point. Well, they it wasn't, told people it, they couldn't go to church. And so that, you're, you're, that was you're sort right. of getting you're, you're to right. That, right. that point. Um, that, that, one, that one was blatant, but, and people pushed back, but not as blatant as the thing that just happened. No. Uh, yeah. But you're right, because I never I, – I, I, but not all the states did it. That and was and it wasn't yeah. again, but so same with this though. It's it, there's there's. But did the president? I don't remember. I don't think the president actually ordered that. I think that came out more of the bureaucracy. Was like we're going to shut down it, the churches. It did, but and I, then I'm some just of, saying okay. it's it's been but you're right. It's that's where the president was started at least. Mm-hmm. You know, that, and that's where the president like, started. COVID right. was COVID was we got away with it. Like at least at a minor level, we got away with it. So now let's take it and run. And the reason I bring this up, and this isn't specifically a Second Amendment thing, but it deals with the Second Amendment. The governor of New Mexico in September, on September 8th, 2023, specifically uh, wrote a 30-day outright ban on the carrying of open carry and concealed carry and transportation of firearms. Now, mind you. This is a state that has licensed concealed carry where you have to go through all the background check and training and stuff to get it. And they have open carry, constitutional open carry as a law that was passed into law by the state. You don't have to have a license to carry a gun in New Mexico. Wasn't it specific to certain areas, though? She did it. She did it to a specific county that she said was the, the problem county. And she said she did it in direct response to some specific shooting incidents that happened, one of which involved – at least one of which involved a child, and it was a horrible yes. thing that should never have happened. However, the order that was issued and the way it was issued, in the press conference, she came out and said specifically, like, the Constitution uh, is not absolute, and I don't have to follow right. it. And that is a terrifying statement by an executive. And, and again, this was also a 30-day ban, right? It was a 30-day ban. It wasn't a permanent injunction. She wasn't that crazy. Um, but very quickly in response to this, a judge struck it down just a, a few days later, like on the 13th. So she did it on the mm-hmm. 8th, and on the 13th, the judge struck it down. And at that point, I would have been willing to let it go if she had – done the thing for the public health and the judge said no you can't do it okay that's how the system's supposed to work someone right. overreaches and the ju- judicial branch slaps their hand and they pull it back and it stops however she doubled down after there had been mass protests specifically in parks because it's a place you can gather and wrote it again and issued it specifically to parks where the protests were happening, specifically targeting the law-abiding citizens that were ex- exercising their right to protest nonviolently. And I'm like, I have a question. And I, I, th- I think that one's been, I haven't seen if that one's been struck down yet or not, or if everybody was just like, lady, you're crazy. And because basically every sheriff and law enforcement in the state, except for the state police that she controls directly, I said they're not going to enforce it. 
Yeah. And, and even her own Democratic anti-gun attorney general said, hey, you've gone too far. Even though I'm duty bound to represent you in court cases, mm-hmm. I will not be representing you in this because you've trampled all over the Constitution so blatantly that I just can't do it. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a Second Amendment specific thing. But should they just be able to suspend that Constitution? I mean, that's well, I mean, the, the very clearly the answer to that is no. You, you shouldn't be able to do that. I mean, that's the obvious answer to the question. It also looks yeah. like that's going to be the end result of this, is that the yes. courts are going to come back and say and say no. So, I mean, that's that's the positive side to this, is that it looks yes. like the system's going to work. The, mm-hmm. the, 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 the judicial branch is going to going to tell a governor who's in the executive. I don't even. Yeah. Know so so a governor is an executive. That. Yeah. Governors are executives. Because they're they're like the single person in charge of running the executive side but they're of the not state. E- they're, but they're not even part of the federal executive. They're a state. No, no, no. Executive. There's 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 state because like in Texas we have a governor, we have a legislative branch, and we have a Texas Supreme so Court. Did just like in Colorado, judge, they have a governor. Did the state judge strike it down, or did a federal no judge a strike federal it down? judge struck it down? Yeah, because so that should be the end of the discussion at be, that point. Well, I mean, she paid for her private attorneys, and they're going to appeal it and all that. And the court yeah, case will yeah, take yeah, longer yeah. than the initial, of course, the initial thing, because uh, it was a thirty-day ban, right? But when she issued it, she said, you know, this is an emergency order, and you know, there's some. I think it was in like uh, either Washington State or Oregon State, where either one of the governors or one of the mayors has just finally released his executive power. Mm-hmm from COVID after like yeah. 973 days or some insane time where it was supposed to be 14 days to kill the, you know, to, to, to stop the, the to curve slow the for the COVID thing. Stop the, it was a 14 day order and it's been extended over three years. See, and you what's know? interesting is, is we talk about what we, I remember what all we remember I hear people talking about is it was it was two weeks to slow, to, to slow the curve. Mm-hmm. What I remember was, it was two weeks so we could get prepared because everybody's going to get sick and we need to get the the infrastructure ready. So if everybody can go home for two weeks, then we'll be prepared when this comes through in a wave on people. And, I, and that uh, very quickly changed and went away. But I Because well, that wasn't how that it was reported. Being- well, because that wasn't the narrative that wanted they wanted to push anymore. But yeah. I was I find it interesting that like that's not being. I mean, they it felt like at the very beginning they knew everyone was going to get this, and they were like, "We are not ready. Everybody, go home for two weeks so we can get well, I mean, equipment in the right place." Honestly, I'm sure at the very anything. beginning, Fauci knew everybody was going to get it because he helped engineer the damn bioweapon with China. Okay. Okay. I, I, to be I perfectly don't call fair, it a bio, it's not. I don't want to call it a bioweapon. You don't have to. I weapon. You you can. I'm not going to call it a bioweapon. I am going to give them a modicum of the benefit of the doubt and say that they really did think that they were trying to do good work. They were just doing it in a bad facility with bad procedures and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't trust them that I, far. But okay, fair enough. I I see the point you're making, and I will give you that point, that it might have been – because to be fair, China is where most of these COVID things come out of because it's Mm -hmm. native to that region, and it's a direct threat to their population. So they they may have also been doing research on how to cure their population while they poison the rest of the world. So that is is entirely possible. It did Uh, come out of the – Wuhan coronavirus clinic like that's yeah. what they do there like John Stewart said the names on the building you know yeah <laughs> that was such yeah. a, that was such an interesting yeah. thing that we didn't want to uh, but COVID and, and everyone panicked so much mm-hmm. and, and and the other part about the COVID stuff is it, it happened in stages like they mm-hmm. didn't swing for the fences like the new the New Mexico governor just did guns are banned right it, yeah. it, she just came out and just did it right, and and she used the same language. We're doing this for thirty days to try and stop the gun violence. And here's the mm-hmm. problem with all of this: this, this is what it boils down to. And we can, we're going to talk about the constitutionality stuff and, and sh- if they should have those kind of powers or not. But 
when you issue an order like that, the only people who are going to follow the order are law-abiding citizens. Mm-hmm. And New Mexico is specifically dealing with Albuquerque, a massive gang violence problem. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about people who can't legally own guns, uh, can't legally possess guns, are getting them underage. There's all kinds of problems that do need to be addressed. Yes. And this is one of the massive critiques of this order is it targeted none of those people because they're already breaking right. the law. In fact, at the press conference where she announced it, somebody said, shouldn't you just enforce the laws? Like the reporter was right. so aghast at what she said. And she's like, no, that's absurd. I have to do this. And it's just like I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that was effectively like her response was <laughs> we can't do that. Well, we can't enforce the laws that are on the books. And it, it feels it's like, like police there's, better. It feels like there's been a breakdown of understanding of the issue of gun violence at some level. Like it, it feels yes. it's because it's not gun violence. It's violence. Yes. That's the well, problem. And it also it it feels like it's be it's be well one it's become a political football on yes. on one one level it's also become a a religion like we classify yes. um uh, climate change it has there is a portion of that community that has become mm-hmm. activated with a religious fervor and i think the same thing is going on in the gun control group which is and again i'm not saying I don't even want to get into it, but there is a level of unwillingness to uh, – there is an unwillingness to fully understand the argument because yes. what they're saying is pe- people die from guns. Therefore, guns are bad. Therefore, guns mm-hmm. should go away. If there were no guns and there would be no violence, that, then, and that's the equation that they're doing. Yeah. And I look at it from a different equation and go like, well, crazy people kill people. Mm-hmm. Angry people kill people. Yes, yes, they do happen to have this very handy tool that allows them to do that very easily. But mm-hmm. I have a hammer, and it works just yeah. as well. And if I'm really yeah. angry enough, I'll use and, that and instead. Part of and, and and to be perfectly honest, part of the problem with this entire discussion is the out and out lies and misrepresentations of so many of the statistics, right? You keep hearing in the news right now, the number one killer of children in America is guns. And when you dig into it, it's been debunked. It was a study of like 18 to 19-year-olds in Michigan Mm -hmm. in this small area, and they're all dying of gang violence. And one, an 18 to 20-year-old, sorry, 18 to 20, they're not children. They're legally adults. They're One, adults, yeah. right? And two, you've cut out all the children from your statistics because right. everyone 17 and under isn't counted. And I watched a really good breakdown of it where someone was breaking down all the statistics. He's like, look, more children die every year. They were not talking about guns in general, but they were talking about assault weapons, right? The mm-hmm. rifles, the big, black, scary things. Yeah. More kids die every year of swimming pools, drownings than they do being shot with an assault rifle. And it, it, so, so they were like, you know, so if you really want to save a life, close a pool, you know, which we're not going to go close down all the pools, which which is not. Right? Is, it, is it more children die per year in pools than specifically assault rifles or is it all guns? Because that seems. You froze up. I didn't hear what you is said. It... It's okay. Is it is it all guns or specifically assault rifles? I don't remember what the statistic. Okay. Um, I was just curious. I, I think it was assault rifles. Well, the the other okay. part of it is when you look at when you look at rifles and shotguns and stuff in general, long arms, the percentage of people killed with those every year is like less than one percent of all the shootings mm-hmm. in America. To be perfectly honest, if gun controllers wanted to actually change something and they wanted to ban something, and I do not endorse this in any way, shape, or form, it'd be ban all the handguns because that's what people kill each other with. Yeah. Because to be perfectly honest, you generally get noticed if you're walking down the street with a long gun, right? In Texas, it's perfectly legal right now 
to throw an AR on your back and just walk down the damn street. But most people don't do it because the cop's going to stop you and ask what the hell's going on. So um, I looked up the pool thing. Mm-hmm. So this is from the poolfence.com. This is Lifesavers Pool Fence. This is the, a company selling pool fences, mm-hmm. saying that about 175 children under the age of 10 died in 1998 as a result of guns. About two-thirds of those deaths were homicides. There's an estimated 200 million guns in the United States. So if you do the math, there's roughly one child killed by a gun for every one million guns. Okay. So therefore, on average, if you own both a gun and a swimming pool, in your backyard, your swimming pool is a hundred times more likely to kill your child than your yes. gun is. Yes. So, and not I just exactly, found, but I, well, but yeah. and I just found an article from CBS News mm-hmm. saying okay. four hundred children die yearly, on average, drowning in pools and spas. How to keep your kids safe? And one of the things they talk about is getting a fence, right? Yeah. Um, no. So we're not talking about public pools and that kind of stuff, but yeah, I mean. And and again, I'm not trying to get into the weeds of this, but things are spun and told as truth the same way this stuff happened with COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was it today or no, it was yesterday that it wasn't ivermectin, it was the other one. Has been put, yeah, has been put on the Mayo Clinic as a treatment for COVID. What's, and I, that was to me, you know, people lost their job for saying that that would actually help. Well, hydrochloroquine was the one that trump was talking about mm-hmm. yeah i just it, it just occurred to me trump was right so, yeah so that was the one that he i mean and i i'm assuming someone told him hey hydrochloroquine he was like mm, hydrochloroquine because that's why he said drink bleach well it was also in that in your first, body but like it was also that very first early time where like yeah. he was just getting slammed with information was, if i remember correctly that was a little deeper in was I it? think that was well. I he wasn't like there that, that was, long for COVID. I it mean, was it was three or it, it was. Well, he was. He was there because COVID it, started in. It all blurs together for me, and I do apologize if I'm misquoting the times. I think it was almost a year of Trump during during the early. Am I wrong on this? Because COVID was twenty. When was the election? I will cut so this here's there, there's there's an article from the National Institute of Health that's still published that says the impact of Trump's promotion of unproven COVID nineteen from uh, 2020, <laughs> um, November of 2020, so right around the election. So yeah, it was the a, whole year. Hit piece. It was on the it. whole year. The, yeah. it was it was all of 2020. He was in it. So yeah. hey, I wonder if it's in here. Find hydro. Yeah, here it is. So. I found this Lloyd Doggett U.S. representative running, and he has a timeline of Trump's coronavirus response. And one of the things at the beginning is like he disbanded the pandemic team. So he's definitely, mm-hmm. I know he's a negative. So yeah. I just did a search on hydrochloroquine, and he's got it in here, April 7th. So that's why it was, it was a little it bit was, later in, 2020. Yeah. You're not going to die from this pill. I really think it's a great thing. To try Trump promoting hydrochloroquine, not FDA approved to treat coronavirus. So he called it in April and said, this is something you should yeah. take. And here's a New York Times article from May saying that he's taking it because he caught it. Mm-hmm. Remember, he caught COVID. Yeah, I remember. He while this was going I remember on. when that happened. Yeah. And everybody was talking about how controversial it was that he was taking hydrochloroquine. And now it's official, quietly, with well, no public pronouncement. It's been made an appropriate treatment. And I'm I'm gonna uh, say again, it again and I know this wasn't the initial topic we were on. Yeah. But there and I don't think we've actually talked about this. The emergency use authorization that mm-hmm. they use to yes. push through the mRNA vaccine, whether you like it or not, mm-hmm. was only legally allowed to be used if there was not an alternative medicine. That and was so, already available. That was that already, was already available. Like FDA it was, approved. It, it had to be yeah, FDA approved. Yeah. It had to be on the shelf, ready to go. Right. Not in testing. Something that had already been yeah. through the process. If there was something that was shown to be be effective in some mm-hmm. way, you had to wait to push yes. through an emergency vaccine. Yes. And so it appears that there was a coordinated effort to discredit some of these medicines that other countries were using. 
I remember and to India, be fair, yes, you're right. India was using it. India was also using ivermectin. Yes. Um, so were a lot of more quote unquote third world countries or lower income countries because, because you can make ivermectin for like for nothing, three cents a pill or something like that. It's been and, and again, I don't know if these are magic pill drugs. I'm not saying that they are, but and t- for those people, to be perfectly fair, they may th- have thought those aren't going to work well enough and we need this other thing. So maybe they fudge the numbers with good intentions. But you know what? The path to hell is paved with. You know, fudge numbers, good intentions and fudge numbers. Yeah. (laughs) But all this ties back in because the initial question is, should they be able to strip away our rights? And why this is so important is, dude, 10 years ago, not even 10 years, five, five or six years ago, but definitely 10 years ago. If if this was this was 2013. We've got America as the slightly drunk uncle. And Canada as the kind of like puttery, sobery uncle who get along 90% of the time, right? Um, but look at what's happened to Canada and you yeah. know, in, in some ways to England as well because they're, they're missed. They have they, – while they have constitutions, they are missing that definitive secondary document, the Bill mm-hmm. of Rights, which specifically calls out the thing that are – inalienable rights god given whether you believe in god or not that the government doesn't give to you that you have whether the mm-hmm. government likes it or not right that's that's the that's the bit that makes the us system and papers different than all the other yeah. ones is we have this thing so that you says said- look there's this list of there's this list of stuff you you just you don't get to touch right these are off limits and if you try to touch them the people have a legal authority to overthrow you and replace you. So you said 10 years ago, and so I did a quick search to check. And 10 years ago, so December 2012, was Sandy Hook. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. just, just putting us back at Sandy Hook. Imagine well, most of the Canadian Hook. stuff, I, I mean, well, they, there on, has no, been me, some gun me, stuff there. But let me, most let me finish of with what I'm the saying. Canadian stuff on, has been – the stripping of sorry you paused I, I couldn't tell has been the stripping of oh, freedom yeah. of speech and seizing of bank accounts and and that kind of stuff for people who are trying to protest and Canada's going out a, a different way than the U.S. is right and no I was just going to go with the with the New Mexico thing so mm, Sandy Hook okay. was in was in Connecticut so imagine yes. if right after Sandy Hook happened the Connecticut mm-hmm. governor said no guns for thirty days until we sort this shit out. Mm-hmm. People would have lost their minds. Like it yes. would have been, you, no one would have even thought of it. Like it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been even in anybody's mind to think about doing something like that. But now we're sitting with post COVID. We've, mm-hmm. we've been willing to let everybody sort of take our rights away. And so this New Mexico governor was like, well, you know, let's see if it'll work. Because I think you're right. And to be fair to her, she's just spent, I don't know how long she's been governor, but she's been, assume she's been governor for a little while. Mm -hmm. She's just spent the last few years with exorbitant power that she didn't have before as a governor. And so I'm sure at some point she's like, you know what? This, this is a health crisis. Just like the pandemic was a health crisis. This is a health crisis. And the only way that I can fix this is to just say no guns. Just put them away for the next 30 days. And and so, eh, you know, it, it, I can understand how she got there. But Oh, I can but, too. But, to, put oh. a, but to, to also then go like, well, we can just set the Constitution aside. Like, like, I don't think you know how that thing works. Like, I don't think you understand. You can't just put it aside. Yeah. Um, and this is, you know, this is – and and the gun rights thing is a big thing for me, right? And it's it's yeah. less important for you uh, because you were raised in a household that didn't use them, and I was raised by a good old fashioned redneck gun nut, right? Um, so I I mean I've been around it my whole life. The, you know it's 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 not been an issue, and they were everywhere. You know when I I remember in elementary and junior high, 
walking into the high school or walking into the junior high and walking to the elementary school and the teachers truck still had the teachers were still driving trucks that had the gun rack in the back and there was a damn rifle mm-hmm. and a shotgun sitting in the back of the truck. It was never a problem, yeah. right? And I'm also the the age that when Columbine happened, I was in secondary school, right? Mm-hmm. So I watched all this stuff start. Yeah. And me I watched too. this crazy spiral that's been happening. And while these horrible school shootings have happened and they're all tragedies and they're horrible, we haven't been taking proper steps to address them. No. At all. Mm-hmm. And the other thing about all of this stuff that really pisses me off, and we saw this with COVID too, is the redefinition of terms. Right? Because yes. before, before Barack Obama, a mass shooting was like 10 or 12 people. And after Barack Obama, a mass shooting was any shooting which involved three people at all in any way, shape, or form. So if two thugs walked up to – or you know, two gang members walked up to a third gang member and there was a shooting, that's a mass shooting if three people get struck, right? When we think mass shooting, we think Columbine. We think Uvalde. We think some of these horrible things that have happened. And the reporting is massively biased because – they report the tragedies, which are important mm-hmm. to do. I'm not dismissing that. But you almost never hear, unless it's a local news, you don't hear so-and-so tried to do so and something and was stopped by a legally armed citizen. Those stories almost never make the news. Well, right? that's the wrong narrative. Exactly. Exactly. It's also why if a mass shooter happens to not be white – or some tragedy thing, it kind of gets brushed away. Just look at the last one. We have this transgendered person who shot up the school, and we were supposed to find out all this information, and they've buried it all. And they just—they don't talk about it. After like a week, it was yeah. gone. It was gone from the it's, narrative. And 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 the and I'm of two minds on that because one mind of mine is we do not want to inflate this person beyond yes. what they need. To be inflated because that we do see copycats. We do see people saying. And that is part of the problem. Yes. So there's that. But the other side of this is. Well, I mean, that gets into the transgender discussion is that that is it possible that what that person was going through is the reason that they did this and some of the things that they had done earlier in their life to potentially, you know, were part of this, you know, did it say in the, in the diary, I wish I'd never done what I did and it was the worst decision I ever make. And I'm going to go and I hope I die, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and they don't want to, so there is the potential that, that things could be suppressed for bad reasons and good reasons. Well, I mean, let's, let's get topical here, you know, Look at what's happening to Russell Brand in the news right now. Mm-hmm. Now, setting aside whether he did it or not, because let's, to be fair, nobody knows what actually happened except the people who were there. Mm-hmm. You know, so look at how the narrative is being being put together. It's all attack. It's everybody. It's at the same time. It's, you know, and he was talking about it. He put a post up today. It's the Trusted News Network. Mm-hmm. There's this old old boys club of all the big big news networks and i was listening to his piece if you read through it their mission is to squash and destroy independent journalism yes that's that's their goal tie tie all of that the suppression of the information on the shooters uh the the russell brand stuff um everything that happened during covid Mm mm-hmm and we don't trust our information sources or the government anymore. Yeah. That is, that is a, a complete loss of faith with the public. And yes. that leads to, okay, while I believe the people who say we don't want to put this out because we think it's a blueprint for other people to do mass shootings because apparently this particular person did massive amounts of research on it. And and it's all out there on how to go do it, mm-hmm. and they don't want to put out a manifesto or a a, a, a workbook on how to go do a guidebook, it. Guidebook. I understand that, but so many people don't trust the government now that we're like, yeah, bullshit. You're trying to hide something. That's my yeah. first thought, even though I understand where they're coming from, right? Um, and, well, and that's it's... that's part of the problem. It it 
that stuff needs to be dissected by people other than just the FBI because mm-hmm. we don't trust the FBI anymore. You right. know, what used to be one of the best institutions and most trusted institutions in all of the United States has blown its credibility 100%. Well, and, and the way I feel about the institutions is you've – there are an, enough things that have ha- have happened that are shady enough that I just don't have faith that you have my best interest anymore. You oh, know? Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, how how many times have we seen federal agents on video go up and straight up lie to somebody to try and Mm -hmm. get them to do something? And there's a there's a big video of an ATF agent who was like, look, you have to bring your guns out and show them all to me so I can check the serial numbers. It's like, look, if federal if any law enforcement agent shows up at your door and says, you got to show this to me because I said so, you ask for a warrant and you ask for a lawyer right there and if they don't have that warrant you know you you don't have to let them in and show them the stuff by and large now i'm not a legal expert go consult your attorney but you know my attorney has always told me that don't ever do anything for a cop unless they have a warrant and if they come up call me you know the first thing you do is call me um and that's just good advice for anybody you know my brother's a cop and he will tell me, hey, cops will try and talk you into showing stuff that you probably shouldn't do. And he's yeah. done it to people just through polite conversation. I mean, yeah. he's had drug busts oh, where he's I... like, hey, man, you know, this was a traffic stop. Yeah, you mind popping the trunk so we can just take a peek? And he's so conversational with him. The guy pops the trunk and, oh, look, there's, you know, four or five pounds of pot and drug money yeah. and coke in the back. And boom, I... drug bust, right? I've I've been so I I've been watching there's videos on YouTube there's all I, I know cop, you're down this cop, rabbit hole thing. it's and I don't I can't quite figure out why it's so interesting but it's just watching people making bad life decisions I, yeah. I, I don't know exactly what it is but there have been enough of those that I've seen where you know the woman is out and he goes hey can I go look through your purse and she's like yeah sure I'm like what are you doing why yeah. would you tell you know and then she had six fake IDs but I'm just like why would you say yes? I mean, the the thing that I've always been told is always say no, like yeah. and not in a in a rude way, but like, will you, do you mind getting out? Do I have to? Yes, that's an order. Okay, then you can get. Mm-hmm. Then I'll get out. Like, can we search your car? I'd rather you not. Well, we're gonna do it anyway. Well, I'm gonna ask that you not. Well, it's not up to you. Okay, and then you know, but like, that's also you hear the like, I don't answer questions. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I mean, there's certain things that, and again, every state's different. So find out what the laws are. Absolutely. But my my brother's like, if a cop pulls you over, show him your license, show him your insurance, and you're done. Yeah, you're done. Everything else is just. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to give them anything now, else unless they ask for like a name. It's like, is this name correct? Yeah, that's my yes. name. Is the address great? Yeah. Yeah, that's my address. Right? And, and Those I, kind of I, things. I'm not rude with police. Well, the other part is stop. be polite. Be yeah. polite. Yeah, don't be confrontational. You're polite. You say, hi, how you doing? You having a good day? Oh, okay. Yeah. Hello, officer. Thank you. Yes. I, you I know, won't be answering any more of your questions, officer. I hope you understand. You know, I hope yeah. you have a great day. You know, if, it, you know, if, I, if it's, if it's a ticket, give me the ticket. Yeah. You know, typically I will tell them where I'm coming from and where I'm going because they always ask because mm-hmm. I'm usually coming yeah. from school and going home or I'm going from home to school. Like, so it yeah. doesn't matter. But like anything beyond that, they're like, you know, you know what are you up to today? Mm, nothing. Yeah. I mean, I remember the last time I got mm, a ticket, I I, the cop asked me, it's like, where are you going? And I said, you know, I'm, I'm my wife thinks she's going into labor. <laughs> she just called me and told me she thinks she's going into labor and she's got the kids. So I was, yes, officer, I was speeding. All right, well, I'm going to write you a ticket. I'm like, okay, okay, thanks, man. Thank you. Have a nice day. You know, off. Yeah. Uh, but I think but I think that's the other thing that I've noticed is a lot. I think maybe I'm watching these to, like, partly because I think I need to prepare my children for how to deal with the police. And so being able important. to see how modern police are being 
you know, because I remember my dad gave me some advice as a kid on how to deal mm-hmm. with police. It was really bad advice. He told me once to get out of the car and talk to the police officer. And I found out later that is no, absolutely not no, what you do ever in any situation ever. Um, and so, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I got out. Of, I got out of the car once and it was a cop I actually knew. And he's like, don't ever do that again. Don't ever get out again. We we take that yeah. as an escalation. I was like, oh, I just, just getting you my driver's license and stuff, you know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. But it's it's uh, interesting to see people not understand how to communicate with authority, and I yes. think that's part of that. that that's breakdown a huge part of it. Is that like there are people telling you to do something, and right now nobody wants to be told what to do. I've been that's told a part what of to it. do for a long time. And there's this thing of, you know, the police are bad and they're out to get me. And there's a lot of that mm-hmm. going on right now as well. And so I think there's a lot of hostility in there. And then you also have to realize that the cops are totally on edge the entire yeah. time. because they're, they're understaffed. They're going to get shot. They're understaffed. You know? They're overworked. Several cops have been assassinated recently. And I say that because yeah. they've been planned execution style killings of cops. There was one this past week. You know, and and so, yeah, they're stressed out. Uh, you know, there's a reason my brother likes to work in a small town and he yeah. won't ta- he won't even consider a big city job. He he used to use go do side work, you know, in mm-hmm. uh, in the, the, the big city um, just down the road. And he stopped during doing that during covid. He was like, I, it's not worth yeah. the money. My life is not that. worth the money. Um, and we were worried about him. You know, this was when all the George Floyd stuff was happening, too, mm-hmm. and all that. And um because you know he was and he was making really good money on those side gigs um you know we're not not talking like chump change um he made a lot more money doing that side work on the weekends than he did doing his real job Mm -hmm. um but again it wasn't worth it Uh, but this all comes back to i think it's a power problem and this is a yeah this is a, a a historical problem with government government wants more power Government wants more control. Government will try and seize more power and more control, which is why, you know, we the framers of the Constitution framed it the way they did. Because when you go back and read the Constitution and you go back and read the Bill of Rights, it is limits to government power specifically is, is what the document is. It wasn't how to set up a government. It was. How can we box this government thing yeah. in? Here, here are the things you can't do. You can't Ever. do this, and you can't do this, this and you can't, you can't do that, do this. And you can't make people do this, and you can't stop. Mm-hmm. And what we're starting to see is that they're they're pushing that boundary. And 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 I'm going to shift this over. Look at what the government was doing to try to suppress length speech on the internet. Yeah, you know. Um, Alex Berenson was just on on Rogan last week talking about he's still in the process of suing the U.S. government for getting him kicked off Twitter. And I think mm-hmm. it's Twitter. But like he has a legitimate case The the government, he's got the tech, he's got the emails. He's like mm-hmm. this dude emailed this guy at Google and said, get him off of the platform. He's saying things we don't want him to say. And I think that's what we're seeing right now, again, to take it back over to to. Um, Russell Brand, the same thing's mm-hmm. happening to him. He's saying things that people don't want him to say. And mm-hmm. so they went, all right, well, let's just pull him off every service that we can. Let's try and cut him off at the knees and take his money out. You and know. if you want to get conspiratorial, somebody tried to kill Kennedy the other day, you know, yeah. and was dressed as a security officer, tried to get on the detail. And, and if anybody has a right to be worried that the government's going to put a hit out on him. Yeah. It's Kennedy Jr. because we all know the government killed his uncle and killed his dad, right? Yeah. I mean, it's basically proven at this point. And if you want to argue with me about it, I'll and and I, I really did not know a lot about the the dad his dad's thing until I listened to him explain all the autopsy mm-hmm. stuff and look at all the reports and I've looked at gone and, and looked at that because it's in the public record. Yeah, that autopsy is in the record. Yeah, the, the stuff's in the public record. It's not like it's hidden around. And I'm like, well, yeah, the, once again, the number of bullets and stuff don't add up to the gun the guy was using and everything else. And, you know, physics and stuff are kind of inconvenient that way. Yeah. It's the same reason. Anybody who wants to tell me that there was a lone gunman who killed Kennedy doesn't know a goddamn thing about guns and has never yeah. fired one in their damn life because I've well, shot that the, damn rifle. And, and you can't pull also, it off 
It's not physically possible. No one's ever let's been able to pull the shots off. Put all the physics aside. Side. And let's just say that people in the plaza heard more shots. There's that too. Saw more like, gunmen. Saw yes. more gunmen. And yeah. someone said, no, that came from behind me over there. Yeah. Like, not, and, you know, up there on the note. Like, people – Hell, Jackie yeah. Kennedy's security guard, who was part of the Secret Service, just came out and is writing a book. Now that he's about to die, he's so old, and he said he's finally comfortable telling the story because what are they going to do? Kill him now? You know, yeah. it's just like, but and and that's that's the problem well, here is right. government power, and they think with this health thing, they've figured out I've got a lever that I can just now mm-hmm. gut everybody up and just for the people. For the children, for the health, for the safety. Well, and, and I think that we're actually very lucky in the grand scheme of things, I think, that the pandemic happened. Because I think what it allowed, what it caused was a an escalation much faster than they would have, that than, you know, the grand The incremental one that had been coming, yeah. Yes, you know, and so it it kicked it so fast that people pushed, and now there's people looking, and now people are paying attention, and they're going, whoa, (laughs) hang on, we're watching you now. You're you're right, because what it did is it burnt through the public trust and that capital of political trust that had been built up. For decades and decades and decades. And people are like, wait a minute. You lied to us. It's like the joke about the Alex Jones conspiracy theory thing. It's like, how many has he gotten right now, right? Or, you know, it's not, you're not a conspiracy theorist anymore. You're just well read. You know, it's like, and you're seeing, you've seen it when you've argued with your parents about some of the stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, And I I think that's, and there's there, I, that's another problem is there are certain people who at some point, for whatever reason, they disassociate with new information and they're unwilling to ex- accept it either because right. their ideology is so strong that it's basically a religion or, or maybe they get older. Are in an, in, or I think the also there's the, the idea of like a lot of people's priorities are set in such a way that figuring this out is so low on the list of priorities yeah. that they've farmed that off to someone else to just I'll just get that from from and, this source and and you know some people use 10 sources you know my dad reads a bunch of papers he mm-hmm. reads all sorts of stuff so he has a lot of a lot of sources that he goes to some people go to one source. They go to yes. MSNBC. They go to CNN. They go to Fox. Fox News, whatever. They go yeah. to. They go to whatever. You know. They go to the. Um, oh, what's that one? There's a crazy right wing one on the internet that I can't think the of. The Babylon right now. Bee. No, no that's, that's a, the joke one. Uh, really Axios. Awesome. Is it Axios? No, Axios no. Is, isn't too. It's the um, the Breitbart. Like some people Breitbart, go to Breitbart. Yeah. yeah. You know that, and you know, and and the thing about a lot of these is. They're they're good news up to a point. Mm-hmm. Like they're telling you things that are happening. But I, I yeah, you, you gave me an idea the other day about about pulling up art, doing a, a separate thing and pulling up articles and going through and breaking them down like mm-hmm. I do now. Like there's there's been a number of times and, and you, you and I've been doing it where we'll do it on the phone at the same time where I'm like, oh, look at this article. It says that this and this and this happened and you're like mm-hmm. okay let's see okay it's this bill here let me go read this thing and read this and go okay so they're not lying but they're definitely not telling you the truth here like, yeah you know and and that that was sort of when it start when i started to break break down on this as well when you realize that like they're not lying but they're definitely skewing it and then sometimes yeah, or and then, outright and then misrepresenting it you know exactly which which is like that study about the children with guns thing it's drastically misrepresented and it's just blatant i mean it, it to the point where it's almost a blatant lie yeah. um and and that's well, the problem because now you have a talking point right. and you have a rallying cry and here's where it really gets down to whether you want to call it violence or gun violence or gang violence or whatever this is the statistics show that there's a very small percentage of the population that is doing a huge percentage of these things, these violent acts. Mm. Yes. And 
no one wants to attack the systemic underlying problems that cause this. We were talking about this the other day, where, if I'm remembering right, where we see the most violent crime and crime in areas where you have the poorest of the poor and the wealthiest of the wealthy. So, if the, I'm remembering it right, you're, uh, you're on the right track. It's the greater the disparity between rich and poor, the in a given area, the crime, right? In, in a, a given, given area. area, yeah, yeah. So, if you have a an area that is just very affluent then you'll be fine. If you have an area where everybody's poor, you're going to be fine. But when you put the slums next yeah. to, well, but I mean, the, yeah. the level, the level of inter, um, inter you no, know, I get what you're saying. Cause the slum the slums community goes down. The, the slum slums is if all you, so, so, I, okay. So let's take one of the, and it's not a slums, such a derogatory word. I don't like it, but the, We'll take one of those super poor towns in, like, West Virginia that was a coal town or whatever that's now right. basically shut down. There is crime there, and a lot of the crime is, like, drug manufacturing, that kind of stuff, but there's not a lot of right. violent crime there. Right, and I think um, that's more what they're but, – but, again, but where the you have that... the well, – let me finish. Where you have the, you know, gangs and stuff in the poor, poor, poor areas, but you have the money to – feed into right. it then you see the infighting then you see the gang violence then you see the people stabbing and shooting people over street corners because we're talking about profit margin now right and the the value of a life is poor hell you can take it to a macro level look at western mexico where the cartels run that is one of the poorest parts of that country slap right up next to one of the wealthiest countries in the world the united states why the hell do you think there is a problem on the border with drugs moving back and forth like crazy? Yeah. It's because and, – and you would talk about violence. Cartels are rather violent people, right? There's yeah. been many, many, many well, stories about some of the stuff that they've done. The larger point that you're making here, which can be echoed in the, the two strikes that are – well, one that might be ending and one that's still ongoing with the auto workers is that profits over people is always – is what everybody does. Everybody yeah, does that's profits the game. over people. That's the game. Which means uh, money is evil. Yeah, well. However, we've never been able to figure out a functional economy that doesn't include price. And that was something I really didn't understand until I started reading Stowell's basic economics book, right? Mm -hmm. And he's not talking about money per se, but he's talking about how – and I'm not to say that there's not a, a method to do it. We just haven't figured it out yet. Um, uh, for a way to properly allocate resources so that they're not wasted and they're not rotting away and they're not being misused. It's like price yeah. drives resource management better than yeah. anything else we've figured out so far. Do you know who – what the first money was? Uh, dude, it was probably a shiny pebble or something. It's Babylonian. I mean, well, that we know of in recorded history. Okay, that's <laughs> yes, different. I'm was, sorry. You were like – you said money, and I just – I was it's like the, – It's the shekel. And it was its value was one bundle of wheat. Um, it was tied to a commodity. To a commodity, and I think that's part of what we've lost is when we separated ourselves from gold. Yeah, and we just made the money point float. <laughs> you mean when the government stole everybody's gold and then jacked the price up? The greatest Same robbery in history was done by uh, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt during the Depression. When he stole everybody's gold, and if you've never looked this up, go look up when, what they did. They forced everybody to turn their gold in, and then immediately after they seized it, they like tripled the price of gold or something like that yeah. uh, because they had so much that they could dominate the world market. <laughs> just, And now we don't even know if we have a gold reserve because they won't let anybody into Fort Knox to go and look. Could you imagine if it was empty? Oh, I bet it is. I bet it's empty. Um I mean, we, we've got to use the gold somehow. It's actually used now. It's not just a shiny metal. We use it in all these nifty electronics. Yeah. Um, there's practical that, that uses was, of it. That Since I'm off on this topic, I'm going to talk about it for a second. It's interesting that we value gold. Yeah, that's hardwired because, into us. Well, it's one of those things. That's that's one of the things that you get to those in those, those ideas where you get yeah. old of like – well, gold is, we see now, 
incredibly incredible. Sorry, some bubbles showed up yeah. on your thing. That was weird. That was strange. Um, <laughs> I don't know where that came <laughs> from. Um, that that gold is so important for space travel. Mm-hmm. And it's incredibly important for electronics. And mm-hmm. then if you argue the idea that ancient space people came here and turned humans into workers to mine gold, you know, stitching yeah. a little bit, but but also other stuff, that that would that would explain why gold, which really into a to a caveman doesn't really have any value other than it's shiny. It's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty. You know, but lots of things are pretty and don't have a yes. lot of value. And so it's interesting that this one thing that's this incredibly important thing is so one, one of the things prized. I if, – if I were going to make a non-aliens argument for it, it, mm. it would be because gold is soft enough and has a low enough melting point that it's easily worked cold that mm-hmm. it could have been a very early metal art form. And because all you really need to work gold is a rock and a way to heat it up. And we know we've had fire since before we were homo sapiens, right? Right. So uh, much like copper, gold is one of those easy worked metals, right? And uh, Is so it easily obtained though? Don't you have to dig it all well, out? It depends. It depends. There are, there, are places in the, there are places where it's just in the creek and you see it, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, okay. now – Yes, a lot of it has been dug out, but we also don't know where all of it came from. And there's been a lot of gold in circulation for a long time, and we we don't yeah. necessarily know where the gold mines were, right? But the, the huge part Apparently of the gold rush was people one. panning for gold. Uh, they found know. a really old one in Africa that apparently is. A couple, I, I'm, I'm sure like there's some couple. evidence of it, but yeah. there's you know all Who the knows? gold in Egypt, right? Where did all that come from? All the gold in the all Roman the Empire, from Mexico? All, you know? Yeah, yeah, this. So we don't we don't know where it came from, but it's easily worked, right? If I had to pick two metals that I needed to work with, and I didn't have forging stuff, it would be copper and it would be gold. Yeah. And I would honestly prefer copper because I could make more practical stuff out of that, um, as far as like utility tools and weapons and that kind of stuff, uh, knives and those. And for everybody who thinks, "Ooh, weapons bad," uh, I mean, our, our first tool was a knife, right? And the mm-hmm. other violence problem is it's violence isn't going to go away. We're not going to civilize ourselves out of violence. Violence right. goes back to one of the first stories in the book of Genesis. You know, Cain killed his brother. First, it's technically no, there's the, the creation first story. story. Well, there's well, a, it depends like on how you define it. The yeah. first story with people. Well, there's two, the Adam and Eve stuff. Human, but Adam and Eve aren't technically human. They were created. Well, so they the they first created, two. Yeah, fair enough. The first two born people, all it took was for other. two brothers, <laughs> yeah, two brothers that's it. not get along, and somebody died, right? Over pure jealousy, pure jealousy. So these emotions and stuff are raw, and they're in us, and they're there, and they're uh, the culture that breeds it is so much older than I knew about, and I, I I've been reading So Well's, uh, or I've been listening to So Well's. Um, black rednecks, white liberals, and it's breaking down mm-hmm. where all that stuff. And I mean, I grew up with like redneck pride and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's it's toned down over the years, but I thought it was a uniquely American thing. And to mm-hmm. come to find out that no, you know, like terms like cracker and wisecrack actually go back to the British Isles and before we ever yeah. came over here, I was like, is completely blown my mind. And to watch well, you those know- culture patterns move from ethnic group mm-hmm. to ethnic group uh and and social group to social group is fascinating to me you know the british accent actually changed in after the, the revolution late, right after the revolution and became more posh like it is now and so the joke i always loved was that R- kevin costner actually got robin hood's accent exactly on. right because that's what it would have sounded like then before it became british um <laughs> But yeah. it actually it, it was actually he was actually probably closer mm-hmm. to right than you know Alan Rickman who was actually British you know yeah. and 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 you know what's interesting is you you go back and uh the the Stowell book is talking about like black language and black culture in inner city America and that kind of stuff uh and he's like it's not originally their culture it's an adopted culture from the 
you know, the the white people who had mm-hmm. come over here from England and they passed it on and a lot of the yeah. verbiage and stuff. Because he goes and he quotes like some southern gentry people and it's mm-hmm. very, very similar to the way, you know, some some of those cultural speech patterns are still being used in, yeah. in the black community. It's not everybody, but they're, they're there in, in some ways. <laughs> Yeah. Um, like the big one for me was like, ax, I'm going to ax you a question. Yeah. Right. And I'm like that. And I've always That's associated that with, well, yeah, but I, it's, it's tied to others too. And, um, then he also makes the point about how easily violence came to that culture. And it's that Northern British, Scottish borderland, Welsh, old Celt culture, mm-hmm. you know, all it took was the slightest insult. You know, for friends to kill each other, yeah. You know, and and the number of duels that were fought, and they said it, it 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 was the violence was there regardless of wealth strata. It was just how mm-hmm. you went about it, right? If you were wealthy, you fought a duel. If you weren't, you were, you know, no holds barred street fight, and right. you know, uh, and some of the terms that were used, I was just like, it, it blew me away. The book has blown me away. As somebody who thought they understood American history, I'm realizing there are huge aspects of it that I've just never studied. Um, but all this time, well, th- you know, I kind of got tag on that, I think I think that's where well, it doesn't matter. I think yeah. that's that's where I'm at as well. You're you're seeing it in American history and I'm I'm sort of spiraling all the way back going like, oh, it's we're wrong the whole way back. Like we've we've. We've been told things, either mm-hmm. passed down through some history or you know or whatever, but like as you start to look into this more and more, one, you know what we knew when I went through high school, we we know a lot more than we did then about a lot of these things. Yeah, I you know, but also just like one, it, it is. I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm so blown away by the fact how like how wrong we really are well yeah especially when it comes to the history of the history of the world and you know we're culture i mean it's 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 thirty thousand years man it's thirty thousand years the joint the joinery thing the the two pieces of wood joined together five that was what five hundred million year or half a million years old five hundred thousand five hundred thousand yeah but because, you know, I love woodworking, and I've been learning about that and everything. And joinery is just like the foundation of woodwork, like to cut and form yeah. two pieces of thing together. And the amount of talent it takes to do that with relatively modern tools, even though I use old-fashioned hand tools, they're doing it with stone tools. Yeah. To work two pieces of wood together with sharp flint? No, thank you. No. But... And probably pre-Homo sapien, probably pre-Homo sapien, and, and five hundred thousand. I mean, it depends on how, we. We honestly, we don't know the datings, but there's a very good chance it was something else. Yeah, probably. I mean, because we had Neanderthals running around. We had yeah, it could uh, have been Devis, uh, Denisovans. It could have been. I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember where it was. I don't either. But it's there was probably, more than one. Yeah. There was one, more than one. Uh, say, there was more than one genus Homo running around at the yes, time. Very yeah. much so. You know, but was just it the, the elf, the dwarf, or the hobbit? We don't know. You know, it's but we've pushed back that that number again. Yeah, you know, massively, massively. Five hundred thousand years ago, there were. I mean, if you're if you're joining pieces of wood together, you're building houses, man. Like I, I don't know what else you're making. Maybe you're making a chair, but like you've got to be building structures at that point exactly. if, you're, if you're joining pieces together. Whether you're actually doing the math or not, you have to have a fundamental understanding of geometry Yes, for that to work. So the idea that they were more primitive than we were intellectually is completely blown out of the water too, right? Um, the creativity necessary to invent the joint for joinery is huge. It, yes. it, it, it's you cannot you cannot overemphasize how important that is. Well, I don't know how we got from government is, control to joinery, but we did. That uh, is manipulation of the environment to, to suit your needs. 
yeah. to suit your need. Yeah, that's yeah, significant. It, it is, well, it is and, and, massively modifying the environment to make your life easier. Yeah. And to and to tie try and tie it all back together again. What 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 we really need to realize is that we're you know, we're more complicated than we think we are. Yes. For one thing. And we need to realize that the people in power are as complicated as we are. And then we also all need to go, okay. Well, and the, and to add on to that, the problems we're somewhere. trying to deal with are massively more complex than we think they are. And I am and, – and, and this yes. will tie it back to government and politics and all this. I am tired of the whitewash one-item solution. It doesn't work. We're going to do this. Oh, yes. And, and fix it. Saying. No, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't fix that. There are – it doesn't matter what we're talking about. There are systemic problems that need to be fundamentally discussed. And until we can see each other's point of view, we don't have to agree with the point of view. We have to at least understand how the person got there. We right. can't talk about the problem, right? If I just if someone wants to try and talk to me about gun violence, and I'll throw out all my problems with, uh, or, or you know, and say that guns need to be restricted. There has to be a dialogue, and they also have to understand that I have a point, and there's a reason I have a point, right? Yeah. And if they can't – they don't have to agree with how I got there, but they have to understand how I got there and give me legitimacy that I put together an argument that is at least somewhat sound, well, I'll, right? I'll give, you, I'll give you an example on this. It's, it's the – and we're not going to get into it. It's the men don't get to have an opinion on abortion. Yeah. Like if you and and but they do, they still have an opinion whether yes. or not you want to hear it or, or whether you whether or not you agree with me, believe me or, or want to whatever. Or, or whether we make but, policy but on you, it or not. But you should you should be willing to listen to my argument. But. And and be able to hear it. And the problem yes. that you run into is here is my argument, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. And the other person just says, like, well, you're be, be they just say, Well, you're wrong. Because There's you're no, different. Like, because yes. you're different and you don't meet my parameters, you don't get an right. opinion. Right. And and what I always try to do, and we do it on here all the time, is sort of like we do with the New Mexico governor. I can understand how I do she too. got where she got. I don't agree with any and, of and, the decisions and, and that she to made. To be perfectly honest, if I believed in gun control and getting rid of all of them, good idea. Yeah. Uh, the problem and, – and one of the biggest critiques – and I think why so many people – kind of bring it back, why so many people blew up at her, even people who are – have said guns should go away forever, right? Yeah. We're like, no, 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 you can't do this. You've gone too far. Right. And I think they right. left off the other part is you've gone too far too fast. You've just you've just derailed this for us now. Right. Well, and I also think there there's a level of like, hey, there are rules here. Like Yeah. You know, well, because I think people the, are starting this is like to the see number two rule. <laughs> well, I it, it, I think it goes beyond that. I think people are starting to see, oh, they're getting a little too powerful. And a little mm. too happy with this power grab thing, and mm -hmm. they may decide to use it against me next. So, right. in, in a way, what do you? Know, I mean, when when Americans are squabbling with each other, the last thing you want to be is the person who gets them to go and look at you the same and go, "Wait a minute." Yeah, You're like you can have the anti-gunners and the pro-gunners completely arguing and fighting, which is kind of what's happened. And somebody went. Ban all the guns by executive fiat. And they went, whoa, wait a minute. Hold on a yeah. second here. That's just burning the Constitution to the ground. And I need to be able to say what I want to say to make my point. And both right. sides are saying that now. Because if yeah. you can go after the Second Amendment that way, you, by God, sure as hell can take away the first, too. Yeah. And, and then we just start – then there's no rules. Then you know there is no check on the government, and it's a runaway train. And if you don't think that's a problem, just look at the crap that happened during COVID in England, where a woman who they thought was silently praying as she happened to walk by an abortion clinic got arrested, and it was adjudicated for over a year before they decided to drop the charges. 
because a cop yeah. thought she was praying silently as she walked. I mean, my God, what's happening to the Western world? You know, it's well, just... we we believe that Oxycontin is not addictive. <laughs> but that's what's in the FDA report. I know. We no, believe... I know. Because they because they got some FDI FDA guy in a hotel for two days or whatever. Yeah, that was fascinating to hear those stories. Um, All right. Well, let's let's wrap it up here. Yeah.